This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns on radio.com. I'm Jason Locke and Fora. In, as always, with my main man, Brian Baldinger. He's the reason you guys are listening, frankly. Let's just be honest. I'm just along for the ride. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, at NFL and at Jason Lockenfora, just like it sounds. I'm not going to spell it for you. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. We'll be coming to you guys every Wednesday, going around the league, talking about the things that you football fans want to hear. Baldy, unfortunately, I'm stuck in my attic for another Wednesday, but but you are actually out and about seeing live NFL football practices. That's exciting for all of us. The this thing is off the ground. We're we're, we're creeping closer to week one. And and what are some of your early impressions uh, from what you've you've been able to see, Baldy? Well, I tell you, you know, Jason, we've all you know been challenged over the last five months on 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 every different front. Yeah. It feels so refreshingly normal just to be at training camp. And I, I said from the beginning in this this whole ramp up, six weeks of, you know, conditioning and practicing, ramping up to the start of the season, that, that training camp was never going to start until teams put the pads on. Yep. And so Monday I was, at, uh, I was at the Jets watching the Jets, you know, practice in full pads. It was great to watch Mackay Becton out there just – looking, you know, looking dominant yeah. early. And it was fun to see Sam Darnold throwing passes. And I was at the Carolina Panthers practice yesterday. I got to tell you, Jason, uh, I was sitting on a hill out there at their facility watching Matt Rule run a practice. And I thought I was watching John Harbaugh circa 2012. Wow. Uh, you know, in Baltimore when he would have these three-hour marathons and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed were just <laughs> bitching and whining and complaining. I, I, I mean, they were in full pads, Jason, yesterday, yeah. and and it was a, you know, Matt said it was going to be a situational practice. So he put them through. It was ones against ones, twos against twos, every situation: red zone, third downs, blitz period, coming out of the end zone, going down on the goal line. I mean, it was everything. You, you could close your eyes, you could hear the pads popping. Um, watching Brian Burns strip, you know, Christian McCaffrey of the ball. Um, he, he didn't sleep last night. He texted me. He didn't sleep. Wow. He said it was the worst practice he ever had. I mean, it was just, it felt good. It just felt good. I mean, everybody's got to kind of figure this out on their own, Jason. Every yeah. team's a little bit different. Um, it was great. I've been around Matt a long time. It was a typical Matt rule practice. Everybody practiced. Nobody on the sidelines. Um, you know, everybody participating. Uh, you know, it was just really, really good. Uh, we get to some more team. We'll be at the Redskins tomorrow. It just feels good, Jason, yeah. to, to practice. You know, that that to me says, you know, like, I, I don't know how this thing is, is going to evolve. Nobody yeah. does. But for what they've done so far, I, I think everybody should be really proud of what the NFL is doing. No no doubt, Baldy. No doubt. Um, the, the number of people it takes to get one NFL team through one NFL workday yep. is a lot more than any of these other sports are dealing with. And, and so far, yep. the numbers and everything um, ha- have just been absolutely outstanding. We're going to go around the NFC this week. If you missed us last week, you can go find that on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. We did the AFC. And since you were just in Carolina, Baldy, let, let's start in the NFC South. And 
Matt Rule's yeah. a college coach. This is kind of a college preseason situation. No, no games, um, limited number of practices, and then we're hitting the ground running, playing games that count in the standings. Um, where, where do you think this team is? How competitive can they be? Well, I think they can be competitive. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you look at just the offensive talent, Jason, yeah. I, 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 you know, if you line up, uh, if you lo- line up Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, you yep. know, well, at Maryland, yep. and you, Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, yep. I mean, if you, and then you put Teddy B in the middle of that, now you forget about anything else. If you just go from a pure speed athletic standpoint, they can compete with anybody. Yes. I mean, they, I mean, there's like, if you said, okay, T Bridgewater, you know, New Orleans Saints, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he had more speed yes. in Carolina than he had at New Orleans last year. He was five and zero as a starter, just plain speed. Yep. Like how you, those guys can all catch a ball and they can finish in a paint on one play. So I, I think there's building blocks there. Uh, you know, if you look at Matt's history as head coach at Temple and at Baylor, I mean, he won, Two games his first year at Temple. He won one yeah. game his first year at Baylor. They all competed. They won it. They won the. They won the conference. You know, in his third year at, at Temple, they competed against Oklahoma for the conference last year. In his third year, I mean, there's a, a path and an arc that you can that I think will be the same here uh, at the NFL. I think they'll be competitive. Uh, you know, they've got to build up a defense that was the worst in the league last year, especially against the run. Uh, Derek Brown looks like a big cog in the middle. I think it's going to take some time, but I I think they'll be competitive this year. Are the Saints still the team to beat in that division? I think so. I think they are. I think getting Emmanuel Sanders really Mm -hmm. helped. Remember Alvin Kamara was was really banged up last year, missed some time. Um, He's basically a touchdown, a Sunday guy uh, prior to last year. Uh, He could play any position on the field. I, I just think, you know, they, they're they just going to continue to evolve. I think defensively they've got a lot of talent. I mean, I think getting the Jackrabbit over Eli Apple is a huge upgrade yeah. at corner. Um, you know, they're going to challenge every throw with Marshawn Lattimore and with, uh, you know, with the Jackrabbit at the left corner. Uh, so I, I think that they're still the team to beat. And I, 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 I went through Dallas when Landry used to talk about uh, talking about Tom Landry yep. um, before they won a Super Bowl, they just had they had the Ice Bowl game. They just had one disappointing finish to a season after another until they won a Super Bowl. And I, I and I don't know if the Saints are going to win one, but I I just think these disappointments they just roll yeah. into the next season, and they're just great motivation for everybody in that organization. Well, and they also Baldy are probably the the one team in that division that has the most continuity. They're not trying to change their identity on either side of the ball. It's the same coaching staff. It's the same quarterback. It's the same central nervous system to the defense. Uh, And I love what Sean did with this offseason saying, hey, we're not even going to pretend that we're going to have a normal offseason. You guys are veterans. You guys are men. Stay home. We'll see you for camp. I I think that'll bode well for them. I remember when he said that, Jason. It shocked me. Yeah. But he, he shut it down now. He obviously, you know, he went yes. through COVID-19. So maybe he had more personal experience with it than anybody else in the league. But when he said, he said that back in like yes. March. Jesus. Yes. But when he said that, my ears perked up going, wait a second. You're already shutting down the whole offseason. We don't know how this thing is. And he was yeah. right. 
I mean, he was so far ahead of the curve on versus any other teams or the league for that matter when he said that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think he knew exactly what uh what we were what we were up against as a league and, and as a country. Um the Bucks are obviously the most interesting story in that division, Baldy. I mean, it's Brady, it's Gronk. Uh, it's Brady leading practices in the offseason when he's kind of sort of not supposed to. He's probably in Leftwich's house. I mean, it seemed like he was hanging out in Leftwich's house when he's really kind of not supposed to. Uh, but we know that it begins and ends with a, a Lombardi trophy for him. That's all that matters when it comes to Tom Brady's professional career. Can this team hit the ground running despite all those new parts? And and are we talking enough about Todd Bowles and that defense that seemed to get better week in, week out last year? We're, we're not talking enough about Todd. Uh, the last six weeks of the season, their front seven, Jason, was as good as anybody in football. And they're all back. You know, Edmund Kinsu has never missed an NFL game. I mean, he's just a, a, a tribute to taking yeah. care of yourself. You can take you know, uh, off the, you know the, how dirty he was at one point in his career. Like the guy lines up and plays. Vita Vea is a tsunami of uh, just Polynesian power. Yeah. I mean, nobody can block him one on one. They bring back the league sacker and the league and Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul and and Devin White. Is, he's just going to be a perennial Pro Bowl linebacker. And Levante David might be the most underappreciated player in the league for eight years. I, there's just no slowdown to his game. And then if you go, okay, well, the back end wasn't good. Well. All right, all they've done is address the back end of their of their yeah. defense for four years in a row. Right. And this Carlton Davis, you know, next to Stephon Gilmore, nobody defended more passes in the league than Carlton Davis. I mean, he's a 6'1", 207-pound corner that, you know, came out of Auburn. You watch him against Julio Jones. Watch him against Michael Thomas. I mean, he wants the league's best. Ever, and and he, can, he can handle those guys. I'm not saying nobody can shut right. those guys down for it. But I, he, they're capable of putting them on those guys. And I love the drafting of Antoine Winfield. I mean, he's just his dad reincarnated, yeah. Jason. Like, he tackles everything. He's got ball skills. He's a safety, not a corner. I I think this defense is going to be really good. There, there definitely will be a top 10 defense. If you give Tom Brady a top 10 defense and you, you, you literally take all of – uh, the turnovers that the quarterback yeah. had a year ago was way too many. I, I mean, they're going to be they're going to compete for the division. Period. Yep. I'm I'm totally with you there, Baldy. I have, um, you know, Atlanta. I, I don't. I I feel like they've showed us who they are several years in a row. You know, they're not going to play a lot of defense. They're going to get a lot of yards and points in garbage time after they've fallen behind. They don't start seasons very well. You look at them at the end of the year and you're like, well, they won some games. But, you know, but it, you forget how bad they were in September or October. They brought the whole band back together for the most part. Um, I don't know, Baldy. I, I just kind of feel like they are who they are. But wh where are you on the Falcons? Well, they did make it. You know, they made a big change uh, at the bye last week, that last year when they were one and seven and Seattle came to town and. Blew him out, and I, I, I thought Dan Quinn. I mean, to watch him run around with Pete Carroll and all the guys in Seattle when they were one and six, and nobody was in the Mercedes Benz Superdome. Yes. I mean, you know, Arthur Blank was like he had a real big decision to make. Now, the, the one thing that Dan Quinn did is he took Raheem Morris. Yeah. He took him from I don't know why he was coaching wide receivers, but he was coaching wide receivers. 
I mean, it's just one of the head scratchers. Yeah. And he put him on defense, and the defense immediately got better. They went to New Orleans. They beat the Saints the first week out after the bye. They went to San Francisco. They won that game. They played much better defense primarily because they actually knew what they were doing. Um, and, and they didn't change any personnel. So I, I think they have a chance to be better. I think offensively, if, if, and I don't, you know, nobody knows, but if Todd Gurley gets anywhere near he, where he was in 2017, Jason, yeah. or 18, this offense has a chance to be great. Uh, I, I don't, the offensive line is going to be very good. Chris Lindstrom and uh, Caleb McGarry, they played really well down the stretch last year. And to go with Alex Mack and, uh, you know, and to go with Jake Matthews, we'll see if Matt Hennessy can win the, le- the left guard job. He was drafted at Temple this year. I, I mean, they, they have a chance of being really good if, uh, if, if Todd can be what he was. Well, that's obviously a stacked div- division. For, for my money, the best division in all of football might be the NFC West. Um, I, 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 I don't see I, I don't agree. see too many easy outs there. We might as well start with the defending uh, NFC representative from the Super Bowl. The 49ers, these, the, the injuries and what's going on at the wide receiver position gives me a little bit of pause, I guess, Baldy. And, and and they did trade, you know, DeForest Buckner, one of their best players. But Kyle knows how to coach up wide receivers better than anybody. <laughs> Excuse me. And, and I don't think we're going to see too much of a drop off from these guys, if any. Well, OK, so let's address the wide receivers. Debo Samuels broke his foot, broke the metatarsal in the offseason. Nobody knows. I mean, I've broken mine before. You really don't know when a guy is going to – you can say he'll be ready for the start of the season. The last thing you want to do with that injury is come back too right. soon. Then you'll break it again. So – and he was a big, yes. big part of their success. You lose Emmanuel Sanders, yes. who was an immediate impact player. You know, Kendrick Bourne got hurt. So now you're looking at, you know, a rookie and Brandon, Brandon Ayuk. You never know how rookies are going to respond. Jalen Hurd, who was on injured reserve yes. last year. I mean, it's questionable. Now you can say, okay, well they got you got the tight end, they got running back. Yeah, but you got to throw the ball to wide receivers. Um, and so I don't know if they're how they're going to start. Um, you know, defensively they should be very, very yeah. good. DeForest Buckner is a big loss, but I was a big fan of Javon Kinlaw coming out yes. from South Carolina. Yes. I, I thought he was right there with Derek Brown. Um, just, I mean, he's bigger and stronger, um, and he might be faster than DeForest Buckner, but he's got to learn how to play the game. It doesn't happen right away. But Nick Bosa might he, – he might have a chance to be the defensive player of the year. He's just that good. Um, and the secondary is, is really talented, and they're all back. So – and the linebackers are are great, and they get Quan Alexander back. And So I, I think they have a chance to be really, really good. The, the wide receiver position is a real concern for me. And so do they lose games because of that early on? Do they Are they putting up 23 points instead of 30 points to start the season as a result? Uh, I don't know yet. Seattle, for me, always gets slept on. I, I don't think they, they, they tend to get as much respect as they deserve for what they've put together and sustained there. I think Russell Wilson's um, one of the all-time greats in this game, and he seems to be individually good for about 10 wins a year himself. Yet he's never got an MVP vote, Baldy, which blows my mind. I caught up with him this week uh, to do a one-on-one for CBS, and uh, yeah. he's a he's a pretty good politician. But he he did let on that, like, hey, I want to be seen as a Joe Montana, as a Tom Brady, as a Drew Brees when I retire. I think that's the caliber of quarterback that I am. And those guys did get some individual accolades, you know, along the yeah. way. 
Um, I, I think he's Baldy last three years, a hundred touchdown passes, 23 interceptions. And that's not even what he does with his legs and how he keeps them in games. And, and I, I do get the sense they might throw a little bit on first down this year for S's and giggles. I, I'm excited about the Seahawks. What about you? Well, I'm excited anytime Russell. I mean, Russell Wilson for eight straight years, Jason has played every snap, yeah. basically every snap, every game. I mean, depend, and it doesn't matter what his injuries were because he's been through them all. Knee injuries. High ankle. And, but he lines up and plays every week. And every week he gives him a chance. I mean, if you think about the NFC West. I mean, the, the throw to his uh, his tight end, Jacob Hollister, against San Francisco week 17, it's six inches short of the goal yeah. line. I mean, if he gets that ball across the goal line, they win the West. And who knows with the home playoff game, right. like what happens? Maybe they're in the Super Bowl. So that's how close it was. And that's with them losing every running yes. back. I mean, they had to start a playoff game, you know, with beast yeah, mode at off the back. street. They didn't have anybody. I mean, and so, but they do have to rebuild the entire offense line outside yep. of Dwayne Brown this year. Yep. And that is, I know Russell Wilson has been Houdini, but that challenge. Because the running backs will come back, and D, DK Metcalf was yep. awesome as a rookie. And they'll be fine everywhere else. They'll get Greg Olson in there, yep. and you know they'll get Will Disley back that got hurt. I mean, all that stuff. Is, but I, I do. I am concerned about the offense line, and I am concerned about the defensive front. Uh, I was a big fan of Jordan Brooks coming out. He looked like Bobby yeah. Wagner to me. Yeah, he went to Utah State. Looked like Bobby Wagner. Um, I said that the whole draft process, and then they ended up yeah. drafting. They drafted KJ Wright's replacement, um, but I am worried about the defensive front and the offensive line. And they've always been really good there. Uh, you know, they led the league in rushing two years ago. But I, I do, I am concerned. I, I don't know. Maybe LJ Collier needed a redshirt year right. last year to become worthy of being a number one pick. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. But they couldn't get to the quarterback last year. It was a big problem. Although they won eleven games. Um, but I am worried about their fronts right now. Baldy, I think the Arizona Cardinals could be, especially with an expanded playoff field, I think they're an intriguing wild card possibility. I think the offense is primed to take a massive leap, and they already um, did a lot of great stuff last year, and you throw Nuke in that mix. Um, and defensively, they, they they have some individual talent, and we'll see if they can synthesize that um, maybe a little bit more as Patrick Peterson uh, out to prove some people wrong who say he's lost a step. And obviously, you know, he had the suspension last year. To me, they're a very intriguing football team. I, I love this team. Um, you know, if you go back to 2018, Jason, the Arizona Cardinals were the worst offense I've ever seen yeah. since I've been covering football. I mean, they, they, they were day games they couldn't cross midfield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they were in every, you know, in ten major offensive categories in 2018, they were ranked last, dead last. I mean, they were, uh, they, and to see them jump to the 16th offense scoring offense in the league last year, in one year, one jump with a rookie quarterback who I love. Um, I, I'm a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I realize he's an offense coordinator as a head coach, and I were, you know, and I realize people look at his skinny jeans. And his house at the draft, and they're like, man, this guy's different. And he is. But one thing, I, I, I do Big 12 games on Saturday. I'm telling you, Jason, I, I've done, going back to Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes, I, I've been out to Lubbock at least a dozen times with Cliff. And every time I walk into his office, he's got this grease board. 
And all it is are plays <laughs> that he just draws up. If something hits his head, he draws it up. I mean, he's I, – I don't want to put him in Bill Walsh's right. category or anything like that. He is an innovative guy. And we need innovation yeah. in this league. We need creative, innovative player uh, coaches. And when you add – you think about this. You add Larry Fitzgerald and Nuke. I mean, you've covered this league a long time, Jason. Has there ever been a tandem of wide receivers that have better hands than those two guys? There's, there's no drops I mean, in that saw, room. Yeah. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles in his career than drops. Unbelievable. That they don't drop a ball. And so, you know, you get to the, the sticky third-down situations in this business, and you got to stay on the field. And you have Nuke and Larry Fitzgerald to figure it out with, with a guy that, like, literally nobody can catch. I, I, I mean, they're going to stay on the field. Their offense is going to be a top-10 offense. And the addition last year, uh, halfway through the season, of Kenyon Drake yes. was the perfect fit running back for him. So, and I haven't even gotten to the defense yet, but this this is this is a borderline playoff team. They went to Seattle week 16. They knocked Seattle off. They, they, they don't fear anybody. The quarterback doesn't fear anybody. You know the receivers don't. The coach is going to drop some plays that we probably have never seen before. I'm excited about what I mean, they're going to be a fun yes. team to watch. Yes, I'm totally with you. And, and the Rams – Scare me, Baldy, because the Rams, to me, are stuck in the worst place to be in the NFL, which is purgatory. Like, they're good enough to beat some teams, but in that super tough division, I worry about where they are. And then you look at their lack of draft capital for years to come. Um, you look at their cap. You look at some of these contracts, the lack of, of maneuverability. You're eating money to get rid of guys like Matthews and Gurley. I, I, I You know, you're, 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 if you're really good, you're obviously great. And if you stink, you could turn it around quickly and sell hope, and you could tear it down and rebuild for the future. They look to me, Baldy, like a team that's going to win between seven and nine games for the foreseeable future, which generally gets you stuck with middling draft picks um, and, and not where you want to be. Well, I mean, look, they, you know, how much money do they have tied up in Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey? I mean, do they have half their cap tied up in three players? Now, I mean, nobody's going to debate the value of, you know, some of those guys, Aaron Donald. Yeah. But you could debate the value of Jalen Ramsey and what he is doing and what he added to that yep. team. You can certainly debate Jared Goff. Is he, does he command that type of salary? Um, the offensive line was dreadful last yeah. year. They could not run the ball. And, you know, if, you, if you're going to tell me right now, well, we'll just put it on the arm of Jared Goff. <laughs> well, like that's you're gonna you're gonna you're you're gonna be in purgatory. I mean, he's just not that guy. He needs the play action. He needs the screens that they got in 2017 and 18 to, you know, to to Todd Gurley. They they need those type of plays. Um, they've got they're a good team. I just don't see them getting out of what you described yeah. of purgatory right now. Yeah, that's a it's a bad place to be. Um. The NFC North is intriguing to me. I I don't know that there's a powerhouse there. I watched the Packers really closely last year, and they kept winning games, and I kept scratching my head because the defense to me got worse as the season went along. They used Aaron Rodgers like he was Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know, I didn't want him throwing more than 23, 25 times. Uh, they ran the ball well. They, they did some things fundamentally well, but they never struck me as a team that, that was a 14-win team. Um, 
They need receiving help. They go out of their way not to draft any receivers. They trade up for a project at quarterback um, who didn't fall to them, Baldy. Jordan Love didn't fall to them. They reached for Jordan Love. They went out of their way to reach to Jordan Love at a time when they could have helped Aaron Rodgers out. I feel like there's some chickens coming home to roost with that team this year, and I am very intrigued. You know Aaron. Aaron sees everything. Aaron hears everything. Aaron reads everything. He reads people. If this kid's out on the field for five, six practices and doesn't look the part, you know Aaron's going to sit there saying, this guy? Like, that? you think he's coming for my job in two years? You're out of your bleeping minds. You're talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who wants celebrity jeopardy. I right. mean, his mind is, you know. You know he don't like suffer fools, do, Baldy. He does not suffer fools. No. No. So, yeah. And so, you know, when your best player um, really sees the front office mistakes, they, I mean, he sees everything. Yep. He's got one player that he trusts in Devontae Adams, one. Um, and he's got one player that he – that he'll hand the ball off to an Aaron Jones that he trusts and throw it to Aaron Jones. He's got two players on an offense that he trusts. I remember during the draft process, you know, I went and I watched the tape on on Jordan Love, and I, I know Matt Wells, who was at Utah State and drafted or recruited, you know, Matt uh, Jordan Love. And so I, I called Matt Wells, who's now the head coach of Texas Tech, and I said, "What, what am I?" What are they getting in Jordan Love? Whoever drafts him, he goes. Well, he, he's got to sit for a year, Bob. He, he needs a year. Like that's the first yeah. thing he said. You know, whoever gets him, I hope he goes to a place that's got an established quarterback and he doesn't have to play. Well, when you trade up and you give up two draft picks to go get a guy in the first round, so you get that fifth year yeah. option, whatever reason, like that's. And you have a team that's fourteen and three. I, I mean, you. And you got Aaron Rodgers at 36, and he's telling yeah. you. He's like, Brady, I'm telling you. I'm playing on 40. Right. Like, believe right. me. Like, believe him. I mean, he can't be any more explicit. I mean, Brady said the yes. same thing to the Patriots. I'm playing till I'm 45. Yeah. And they didn't believe him. Nope. And, and and Brady's in Tampa. So, I, I just don't know. I mean, he, he is he, – he, he's not – he's a politician. Yes. But he's not really a very good politician because he can't be. Nobody can be. He's looking around and going, like, what don't you see? Right. 35 wide receivers got drafted. And arguably what every analyst said, Jason, was the best wide receiver drafted in a long time. Yeah. And you don't take one? Don't take one of these guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's just bizarre. It's The whole thing is bizarre. The offensive line is very questionable. Yep. I don't know what tape they watched of Ricky Wagner in Detroit yeah. to say, like, this is our guy. Baltimore gave up yep. on him. I mean, to say that's our – Right tackle replacing Brian Balaga. Uh, Billy Turner, I don't know what tape they watch to say he's going to be all right. I, I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. No, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think that team is going to be uh, – there's some drama coming their way. They're going to be very interesting to watch. Um, Minnesota, I, I tend to like them on paper, Baldy. I don't know that they're built for January. I, I don't know that they're going to uh, – you know, reach their manifest destiny in the postseason. Um, but I, I think they'll win that division, and, and I think they'll be good enough for nine, ten wins. I, I just don't know about them. Uh, you know, I, they were built on defense. I feel like the defense has slipped a little bit. I, I, where are you? Well, like their, their draft haul was amazing. I mean, they had 15 picks, and they're relying on a lot of these guys, Jason. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we all know what rookies 
can can do. I mean, they they can hit a wall. Yeah. They they need a red shirt year. I mean, you can't. They rely they're relying on way too many. Starting with Justin Jefferson, who I love, yeah, and I can't believe the Eagles passed on. Um, they're relying on Gladney, who I like. Um, they're relying on you know DJ Wanham and Cam Dantzler and. You know, I mean, I like a lot of the guys they drafted, but when you're relying on rookies to fill an entire secondary, yeah. to fill your defensive line um, that lost a lot of key players, I, I think it's, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And I don't really believe that they address. Now, maybe Ezra Cleveland can, you know, at a Boise yeah. can, can win a starting offensive line job. But I thought the offensive line, for what they want to do, yes. um, is questionable. Now, I love Gary Kubiak. I yes. mean, you know, yes. he, he is the smartest guy that never says anything about himself <laughs> in the room. Like he, he, he's a – and anybody that's ever been around, whether you're a personnel director, whether you're a quarterback, offense, they'll tell you this guy is close to yes. brilliant. And he, he affects every place that he goes. So I think that's a huge upgrade yes. at coordinator. And so if they can get Dalvin Cook – straighten out in a contract that I'm not really sure what he's doing. He's in camp, he's dressed, but he wants a deal. Yeah. Like, he, like I'm not sure how he's playing this because most guys just say, look guys, I ain't right. coming. Get it done. You know, right. but he's not. So I'm not sure. Um, and I don't know what kind of leverage he's been injured. Yeah. I think he's a tremendous talent, but they need Dalvin cook all in yeah. for this team to really go places. Yeah. No, he, they, yeah, they need him to be their Christian McCaffrey. You know, that there's, there's no doubt in my mind, run the offense through him. And, you know, Kubiak is, is suited to do that. Um, I find myself buying some of these narratives that the lions might surprise some people that, that they, that they, they, they shouldn't necessarily be an afterthought anymore. I love Matt, Matt Stafford to me, man. I, I talked about Russell Wilson and no MVP votes. I feel like Matt Stafford might be the most slept on uh, quarterback in the league. He was playing at an incredibly high level last year. They should have. They had the Chiefs beat. You know, there was that 103 yard fumble return. They were they were a winning operation until they lost their quarterback. So I I I I don't know, Baldy. I'm kind of buying that the Lions could be something of a factor. What do you think about the head coach? Do you think that you're, uh, they're going to be? Uh, <laughs> That they're going to win despite like his presence. I feel like that's what they were doing a little bit last year until they lost their quarterback. And I, I kind of felt like Bevel and Stafford had their own thing going on. And maybe the defense will rise up sort of despite Matt Patricia. I, I, I guess, yes. I guess that's the what I'm selling. <laughs> well, I, you know, not only did Matt Stafford get hurt, they, for whatever reason, they can't keep a running back healthy. No. Now, they drafted DeAndre Swift, who I love. He's a Philadelphia kid. He was awesome at Georgia. But, I mean, they, they, they can't keep – for two years in a row, carry on Johnson. I mean, pick a guy. They all yeah. get hurt. Uh, you know, and that's what he wants to do. Um, I thought it was a bizarre pick to go get uh, Halapula Vitae Vitae, yeah. you know, to go play right yeah. tackle. I mean, he was a – I mean, I know he started for the Eagles in a variety of places, but I don't know. Like, that guy doesn't look like – I mean, the offensive line looks very, very questionable to me. I like Frank Ragnow. Um, he's about maybe the only guy that I do love mm -hmm. up front. Um, he's a very good player. But I don't know. They, they just keep like they just keep cycling people. Yes. 
you know, the, the receivers, the Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, I mean, you know, Danny Amendola, it's a good group. Yeah. It's a good group. I want to see um, year two of T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah. I didn't see enough last yeah. year. I, I loved him coming out of Iowa. So, you know, maybe he makes that jump this year. They, they, you know, I, I thought Akuda was worthy of that third pick um, at corner. They need a lockdown corner. Yeah, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see how well coached they yeah. are. And, you know, if they can get over the stigma of just being this losing franchise that they've been. The Bears, I think it's fair to say no one has mismanaged the quarterback position for a period of time going back to the decision to trade up for Trubisky when they didn't have to. All the guys they've passed on, Baldy. We're sitting here at a quarterback market unlike anything I've ever seen. Supply and demand are not aligned. The teams have all the leverage. Cam Newton for a million bucks and late in the summer, go get him. Yeah. Andy Dalton for yeah. a couple million late in the summer, go get him. These cats trade a draft pick to take on one of the worst contracts in the league. Um, yeah. Nick Foles, I think, will beat this kid out. It's just a matter of when, but I don't know that it matters. If, if I... Baldy, if you're giving me Nick Foles on a cheap contract for four to six weeks in a sprint, I'll take him. Nick Foles for 12, yeah. 14 weeks of a marathon, he ain't built for that. He's proven he's not built for that. And, and, and you just have to go back to, you know, 2012 in Philadelphia. And, you know, he's he's been the guy coming off the bench. That's when he's been at his best for a few weeks. Uh, he, he, he hasn't stayed healthy. Trubisky hasn't stayed healthy. Uh, it's a mess. It's just a mess. You know, and it's a shame because defensively, they've got a championship-level defense. Mm -hmm. They just do. I mean, they finally got rid of Leonard Floyd, who was just, uh, you know, he, who did nothing in his time in Chicago. And I think Robert Quinn is a, is a much better upgrade to get Akeem Hicks back. Is He's just a beast in the middle. I mean, they've got they've got a great defense. And they'll be, they'll, they'll be a top-five defense. You know, they might be the best defense in the league if they start taking the ball away the way they did two years ago when they led the league. But they're gonna if they if they take it away, they're gonna give extra bats to this offense. I mean, I, I just I, you know they, they they bring in Juan Castillo. I mean, Juan, like how many different stops can have around? Like they changed the whole staff. You know, the whole staff is is new yeah. again. I mean, they, that was their answer. Let's just change the staff. But I, I just don't see I just don't see this offense taking off at all. And those guys all have jobs after mismanaging this quarterback position. It's bizarre. It's just bizarre to me. Matt Nagy, like, I think he's a creative guy. I'm, I'm not to bash Matt Nagy, but, like, what is he w working with yeah. here? I mean, you look at Mitch Trubisky. You only averaged six yards in a temp last year. Crazy. I mean, you, you can't throw the ball any shorter yep. over a course of a season than he did. Yep. Like, the ball's got to go down the field. you got to have chunk plays. you got to explode offensively. Nobody can just, just take baby steps down the field in this business. It's too hard. I, I believe they call it matriculating the ball down the field, only with the passing game, right. not the run game. It's 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 yeah. it's it's a tough watch, Baldy. It, it just is. Um, and the, and those fans deserve better. Um, NFC East. They don't fans know better. Yes, they know yes, better. yes. They, they know what it's supposed to look yes. like. Um, NFC East. Who 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 do you have winning this thing, Baldy? Are you an Eagles guy or are you a Cowboys guy? Well, I, I you know, you flip a coin. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've gone back and forth each year. You know, since the quarterbacks entered, when Dak and Carson both entered this league together in 2016, they've gone back and forth winning it. So, you know, uh, I, I can find faults with both, and I can find strengths with both. I mean, this loss, this 
what Dallas did on their defensive front is just bizarre. Yes. To me. Like who builds with aging older it's players? Strange. Strange. It, just, you don't. Nobody does that. Like that's not the way to go in this business. young man's game. Like to go get down Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. <laughs> we, but first of all, they they played on the worst run defensive football last right. year. So like, man, it always starts up front. So, I mean, you know, Tyrone Crawford is is being brought back. He had double yep. hip surgery. Now McCoy's out. When's Poe going to go down? Right. I mean, Tristan Hill didn't play last year. He got kicked off his Central Florida team. Right. I mean. You're, you're going to say to Mike Nolan, here's your defense. And it always starts up front. And you go, well, what what are they working oh, with? So, Alden Smith and Randy Gregory, you can you can count on those guys. I mean, they're available every week. <laughs> you can you can bank on them, Baldy. Come on. I, well, that's – I mean, I, I didn't even get to those guys. <laughs> I didn't even get to those guys. I mean, Alden Smith now. I mean – Three, four who, years? Who takes five years off? Um, you know, he was the first team all pro in 2012. In dog years, what is that? Right. Is that a century right. in the NFL? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, you bring back, you know, Jim Tom Sula to coach him, who coached him in San Francisco. All right. I don't know. And then offensively, um, yes, there's a lot to like about the offense. Uh-huh. There really yeah. is. Um, but you tell me why Dak couldn't finish games against the Patriots, against the Eagles, against the Vikings last year. Like, is it something? I mean, don't tell me number one in offense and right. yards. Like, just show me the end of these games when they couldn't score. Right. Hell, Jerry Jones was speechless up there watching him against Foxborough, against the Patriots, and they couldn't score a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, they were just – so maybe Mike McCarthy is the answer. Like, you had to make a change. Yeah. So, they, I don't know. I, I can find a holes there. In Philadelphia, you tell me who your Mike linebacker is. I mean, Nigel Bottoms in New Orleans, Malcolm Br- Malcolm Jenkins in New Orleans. Like they were your two quarterbacks in yeah. defense. And they, they I don't know who's playing those positions this year. I mean, Howie Roseman has, has done some miraculous things, yeah. but he has never, he's never ever looked at the linebacker position. And believe me, there's battles in the front office, but he's never looked at the linebacker position as a position where you you put resources into yeah. it. And so now I'm looking and going, okay, who's Jim Schwartz? is looking to to be the quarterback of the defense because I don't see one there. Right. I, I, it's interesting. I, I I guess some of the thinking could be you can sort of hide linebackers if you have to now, right? If you're going nickel and dime all the time and you really like some of all your right. big safeties, then maybe 45, 50, maybe even, I don't know, 60% of the time, you've only got a linebacker or two on the on the field. Can you make that argument? Well, yeah, look, there are teams. Green Bay is a dime team. You know, they play one linebacker for the most part. You got to run them out of it. A lot of, you know, the Eagles with Malcolm Jenkins, he was basically a dime right. linebacker for the most part. I mean, he played down the box and he was good down the box. He was a good tackler and good recognition of what was coming at him. He was a smart player. Um, you can make that argument um, that teams are, but if you look at some of the, the better defenses in football, you, you know, you look at, you know, whether it's the Ravens. Like they just went and invested in a linebacker right. because the Ravens history is, you know, you draft Ray Lewis, his career ends, you kind of patchwork it. You go, mm, nah, this ain't work. Let's go get CJ Mosley, you know, and then he runs its course. You don't resign him. You kind of patchwork it and you go, mm, let me go get this linebacker from LSU. Like you, you need, you need players to that position. Yeah. 
I, I, there were some great linebackers in this draft. I yes. Kenneth Murray, pick a guy. Queen. Um, Queen. You know, so there, there were some great linebackers in this draft. They had a chance. Um, you know, they passed on it. Uh, I thought they could have really used somebody. I, I like their front. They wanted to get younger, faster uh, at every level of the defense. I thought getting Javon Hargrave, getting Darius Slay, getting Will Parks, you know, getting uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman. I thought all those things were really important uh, for them to address. Uh, offensively, look, I, 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 I love Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. I think he has a breakout year. I, um, you know, they're, they're going to rely again on Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson to kind of line up. I don't know. I mean, what, what year do those, what, what week do those guys right, go down right, this year? I'm right. not being negative, right. but that's their history. Yes. What week do they go down, Jason? Yeah. And when they go down, where's Carson going? Is he going to go to Jalen Rager? Is he going to go to John Hightower? Is he going to go to J.J. Arcega Whiteside? Right. I mean, it's a real question of where he goes with the ball because he, he didn't know where to go with the ball until December last year. Well, down the road in Washington, at, at this point, I think it's fair to, to wonder who the ball will be snapped to with, with Alex Smith's miraculous, nothing short of miraculous recovery. The problem for whoever plays quarterback there, though, is uh, outside of one wide receiver, there's nobody you can count on. The offensive line is sort of a hodgepodge to me. Um, but but Baldy, the Washington football team, has invested so many resources in that front seven, and now you put a Chase Young with them. They should be special up front on that side of the ball. I hope so. Because they haven't been, and all they've done is just draft for that front. Yep. And so I hope that Jack Del Rio puts this thing together, and they become monsters. And no, and look, I mean, if you look at Ron Rivera's history, he took over a two and fourteen team, you know, in yep. Carolina, and five years later they were in the Super Bowl. Now they had Cam, and but he built that defense around Keekley, and and so. <clears throat> I mean, Ron knows how to put a defense together. He knows what it's supposed to look like. You know, Thomas Davis is there in year, you know, 35. Um, he, he never wanted to lose him last year in Carolina. So he, he's got a quarterback there that knows how to play the game. This front has to win for him. And I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne right. or Montez Sweat, you know, in a rookie season. I haven't seen them turn around. Their best defensive player has been Ryan Kim. Yeah. So, and you know, he's getting up there. But I, they, they do have to eventually look like the 49ers. They, they just do. Or it's just going to be a waste of you know, a bunch of draft picks. But if they, if that front with Thomas Davis and then, you know, okay, Landon Collins is a good player and Kendall Fuller is a good player. And if they can put the back end together and marry it, and that's what you got to do in a pandemic world where, yeah. They've zoomed all these, you know, meetings. But if, but there's no reason, talent-wise, that they shouldn't be good, really good. And they, they should keep everybody. They should, you know, if they keep the score to 17 to 20 points, they could be in every game. Yeah. I uh, basically, Baldy was operating on a narrative coming into the season, given the pandemic and given how crazy the off season was. That you've got to give all these rookie head coaches a mulligan like they've got no chance they're not even going to meet their players for the first time until august right right? they're they're going to have 14 real practices and then they're playing real games for the first time so that's the premise i was operating under and then joe judge goes out there and he takes the names off the back of the jerseys and he's got everybody running around he's got his coaches doing sprints i'm like dude you don't need to try that hard like bro 
most people are going to be inclined to let you be and let this thing happen. Just be yourself. I mean, we were talking about Patricia earlier. We all know the Belichick lineage. Baldy, it's New York. They're going to obsess over everything anyway. I, I just don't know that this is the way to go. Well, we've seen this thing fail. I mean, when, when these guys try to emulate uh, the guys that they've worked for, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, I just go, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I saw coaches running sprints. First of all, he needs to run some sprints. I mean, he yeah. look, he, he, he doesn't he doesn't look like any 38-year-old head coach that I've seen. You know, when Sean Payton took over right. and John Gruden took over. I mean, he, did, he looked like he needed to be running some sprints and sitting in the sauna. But um, I, I just look at these – these guys and I go, is this really who you are? Because those guys, they've got championship rings that no matter what they do, it they can validate. Yes. When you don't have any pelts on the wall and you just try to <laughs> take this page from this guy, I, I just go, that's and, and then you exactly your point, Jason, you do it in a world where you never met any of these players. You never met Andrew Thomas until you know July, you know, twenty eighth. Like I I just, man, I, I scratch my head at when these guys, I go, this looks like a giant mistake. Well, and look, they, they, they panicked, you know, they wanted rule. Then they don't think they're getting rule. They really loved Wink Martindale. They're telling everybody Wink's got it. He's it. He's it. And then they're worried about Joe Judge getting a second-rate college job. So now the next thing you know, we're negotiating with Joe Judge before we even bring Wink back for a second interview that you said he was going to get. I mean... I'll say it again. Sometimes chickens come home to roost. And look, we're only a week into this thing, but my own. Like, it's so easy not to step in your own poop. Why are you pooping all over your field and stepping all over it in New York, of all places? Well, if you then if you leave the coach now, okay, you bring Jason Garrett in to run your offense. Well, what is the offense? Right. What, what did they do so well in Dallas right. besides have a great offensive line and you know, I mean, so you you look at that, you go, man, that, I, I don't know what offense it is. Is it, you know, Scott Linehan's offense? Right. Is it Kellen Moore's right. offense? What is J.C. Barrett's offense? Right. I don't know. Right. I really don't. And, and nobody does. So you go, okay, so what is Daniel Jones getting? And then uh, I, you, you look at the defense and what Dave Gettleman is putting his money into. I, I, I just don't know how they're building a team. Mm-hmm. I you tell me what game I should go watch Leonard Williams play over the last five years. Crazy. And you tell me what <laughs> what you saw to make that trade. Like what? It's I mean, baffling. And then you go you, you go and draft Dexter Lawrence after you have Dalvin Tomlinson, like and you have BJL. Like nobody's put more money into defensive tackles yeah. in the history of this game than the New York Giants. Yeah. And you go, most teams are trying to get tackles off the field. Yeah. They get past. I mean, if you look at the Giants' Super Bowls, I mean, they put the NASCAR defensive front out there and let them go chase Tom Brady to win Super Bowls. I, I just and you go, who's lining up at corner? Huh. Who's who's playing corner for him? This this DeAndre Baker situation Ooh. is scary. Back. Yeah. I mean, that kid's he might never play right. football. You know, I, man, it's just yeah. And you have to and it's it's look when they make those mistakes. I mean, every tabloid in New York yep. is going to put that on their back page. And it's it's awful. And James Bradbury comes in. He's a good zone corner. Yeah, yeah that's what he was at Carolina. Yeah. He was a good zone corner. But he's not a shutdown uh-huh. corner. Nothing. I, like, I just don't understand 
how this team is being built right now. Me neither, man. That uh, the New York Football Giants ain't ain't what they used to be, and they're they're not what they pretend to be. They they are a, a they've been a mismanaged organization for quite some time now, and uh, I don't I don't have very high hopes for them this season. They invest in safeties and defensive tackles. Yeah. Like everybody builds their defense on the edges, right. on pass rushers and yep. corners. I mean, that's what you do. You you invest in guys that can change the game, yeah. that can take the ball away. That's what you do. And they're the opposite of that. Like it's it's not really that no. hard. But you you go out and draft, you know, you trade for Jabril Peppers, you draft McKinney, you know, yeah. you 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 draft Julian Love. I mean, they're investing in safeties and tackles. It, it's just backwards to me. Yeah, it's going to be a long, long year for football fans in New York, I believe. Um, well, Baldy, this has been awesome. Again, we've covered the AFC and the NFC, uh, the first two episodes. I know you'll be bopping around a little bit. We'll, we'll definitely catch up next Wednesday on what caught your eye during your travels, and we'll continue to get everybody prepared for week one, which is just around the corner. This has been Baldy's Breakdowns on Radio.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at BaldyNFL and at Jason Lockenfora. And please subscribe, rate, and review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Baldy, I'll talk to you next Wednesday morning, brother. Safe travels. Yeah, thanks, Jason. You know, the teams are going to start to, you know, really ramp yeah. things up here. Probably a lot of scrimmages around the league. The NFL Network's going to televise some. I'm going to see some. So we're going to get a much better idea, you know, as we kind of start moving through mm-hmm. here about you know, teams and injuries and, you know, and how they're handling the virus and the whole thing. So there'll, there'll be a lot to talk about next Wednesday, Jason. Look forward no to doubt, it. No doubt, buddy. Be safe. Thank you. All right, buddy. You got it, man. Thanks, yep. Jason.